Hey everybody, I'm so glad to be back hanging with you all and I hope you had a very nice 4th of July holiday weekend. You know, after my game Sunday versus the Seattle Storm, I was driving down the 10 freeway out here in LA seeing all of the fireworks going off in the night sky. Y'all, it was beautiful. But first and foremost, thanks for kicking it with me here on my show, Chanae, where you can listen to every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Now, I'm not going to lie. It's no secret. There is a lot going on right now. And normally, I would take time to process it all. But I want to be real here. I thought about not doing this podcast because it has been an emotional time for my work family. But there is an extremely important dialogue happening right now that I truly believe is bigger than me. A dialogue that can shed some light on how we treat one another in society, all through the lens of sports. And you know, the hardest part is that when we bring up women in sports, especially Black women, there are many preconceived notions that tend to float to the surface. So here's to those who keep listening and have an open heart, because on the other side of that is where we all need to be. So this is what you need to know. There are three instances that have happened over the last week in which we must connect the dots. And here are the key words. Weed. Yes, we're going to talk about marijuana and sports. Swim caps and testosterone. So let's talk about it. Number one. We all fell in love with the talk and confidence and swag of Shakari Richardson after she won the women's 100 meters to qualify for the Olympics. She is the fastest woman right now in America with shades of Flojo that captured all of our imaginations. But the conversation took a quick turn after she recently accepted a one-month suspension for an anti-doping violation for testing positive for marijuana. Boy, just I want to take responsibility for my actions. I know what I did. I know what I'm supposed to do. Um, no, I'm not. I'm I'm allowed not to do, and I still made that decision. But um, not making an excuse or looking for any empathy in my case. But just, however, being in that position of my life, finding out something like that, something that I would say is probably one of the biggest things that have impacted me positively and negatively in my life when it comes to dealing with the relationship I have with my mother. So that definitely was a very heavy topic on me. And people don't understand what it's like to have to, or people do, we all have our different struggles, we all have our different things we deal with. But to put on a face, to have to go in front of the world and put on a face and hide my pain, like who, I don't know, who are you, or who am I to tell you how to cope? when you're dealing with a pain or you're dealing with a struggle that you've never experienced before or that you've never thought you would have to deal with. Like, who am I to tell you how to cope? Who am I to tell you that you're wrong for hurting? Now, many will say rules are rules. And Shakari acknowledged that, like most, if not all athletes. And she apologized. Now, this is where the situation is getting debated. Marijuana is legal in the state of Oregon, where she consumed it, along with 17 other states. But WADA, the World Anti-Doping Agency, which is a foundation under the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, 
has a rule that deems marijuana, quote, as a health risk to athletes that has the potential to enhance performance and violates the spirit of sport, end quote. Now, the irony here is that the spirit of the athlete is not factored into the equation. Shakari was just caught off guard and informed a few days earlier by a reporter, mind you, that her biological mother had passed. An impossible place to be for any human, let alone an athlete that was about to pursue her Olympic dream with the world watching. Look, I've been in locker rooms where people have broken right in front of me due to the stresses of sport, personal situations, or both. And if there is a safe way for people to cope with pain, whether it is physical, emotional, spiritual, that should seriously be considered. And the sports world is moving in that exact direction. The NBA, WNBA, MLB, and NFL have all relaxed their policies on marijuana and none of them suspend for an initial positive test. Now, the point here is that Shakari, she made a mistake and acknowledged it. And unfortunately, it takes situations and instances like these to raise the awareness that can facilitate change. Now to number two. I know many probably assume that swim caps, yes, swim caps, don't really matter all that much, but they highlight a reality that most don't understand because it's not in their purview. Alice Deering is currently the only Black woman on Great Britain's swimming team and the second Black woman to represent them in the water. And she has an endorsement with Soul Cap. Now, to put it all into context, BBC asked Swim England how many competitive swimmers who are registered with them identify as Black or mixed race. And the national governing body responded saying 668 out of 73,000, which is a little less than 1%. Insert FINA, the water sports world governing body that initially said that sole cap, a swim cap designed for Afro hair or natural hair textures was not suitable for international competitions because it did not, quote, follow the natural form of the head, end quote. Now, after much backlash, it is up for reconsideration. While there are efforts for more inclusivity and diversity in all sports, it was quite shocking to see a governing body misunderstand the cultural barriers that made this sole cap necessary. And here are the facts that affect this reality. Swimming is more damaging to Afro hair than to non-Afro hair because of the substances used in swimming pools like bleach. And hair may seem frivolous to some when we bring it into the dialogue, but it's much deeper than that. Black hair, Afro hair, comparatively, has been weaponized in society as a tool that can destroy the confidence of young girls who have it. And I am so proud that we are now redefining and celebrating our roots, literally. Also, swimming is a skill that we should all encourage in society. It was found that 95% of Black adults 
and 80% of Black children in England do not scrimp. It was found that 95% of Black adults and 80% of Black children in England do not swim. And it's a survival skill. So not removing these barriers is bigger than competition. Rules should evolve to support that. From the USA to the UK and now to Namibia, here's number three. As you all know, I am extremely proud to be Nigerian American and of my African heritage overall. I saw a couple of posts hit my timeline regarding athletes back home. Two 18-year-old runners from Namibia are unable to compete in the 400-meter race in Tokyo because of high testosterone levels. Now the catch is, those two young women can run in the 200-meter race because track's testosterone rules only apply to distances between 400 meters and one mile. In order to compete in that category, the women would have to take medicine to lower their natural testosterone levels and remain under the acceptable limit for six months in order to compete. Between them, to put this all in context, this opportunity to highlight it, the Namibian runners have posted four of the top five 400 meter times in the world this year, yet they were just denied this opportunity. These women were just made aware of this reality and now have to manage their personal health at the age of 18 to compete in some, but not all competitions. In three instances, we see a sprinter using marijuana as a coping mechanism, a swimmer dealing with negative tropes that come with her sport, and runners being flagged for doping due to their natural hormone levels. All of these situations have a common theme and takeaway. Black women often bear the burden of being the nexus of change. And to be in that position is exhausting. Nonetheless, we continue to push through, show our humanity and persevere. It is a reminder that our existence is the resistance because we operate in systems that were not necessarily built for us, but within them, we continue to show up and show out so that we can help level the playing field for all. You see, the purpose of this podcast is to talk about the real stuff so that our generation can be better than the previous. We are in a very transformational time, a time that is testing our compassion and willingness to put others first. Things are evolving for the better, and it takes being in uncomfortable positions for that to happen. And hopefully today, this conversation sparks something within you. That's it now from your girl, Chanel Bumake, sending major love to all who need it. See you soon.